and welcome to Dice and a Slice, the only D&D 5e podcast powered by baked goods. My name is Joshua Gould, I am your dungeon master, resident Hufflepuff, and I am full of carbohydrates. In fact, I am joined today by a thick old stick of garlic bread, and I am loving life. Hi, I'm Jazz, and I'm gonna counteract you there, because I am also a Hufflepuff, and I feel like I'm being ignored. <laughs> but that's because I'm a Hufflepuff, I guess. <laughs> well, I am accompanied today by a half full glass of red wine because half of it is in me. <laughs> and I have also got a nice big slice of flapjack yet again. But this time I didn't have to cook it. Our roommate's mother came up and uh, bought it with her as a gift and we fully appreciate it. Yes, we've got a new attic gremlin and she got confirmed. So we've got confirmation flapjack and it's very, very It's nice. the holiest kind of flapjack. Was she a gremlin pre-confirmation? Yes. <laughs> now she's a Catholic gremlin. Oh, I see. With a very nice flapjack. That's such a wild sentence. <laughs> we've got a yeah. loved gremlin. She got confirmed and now we have flapjack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is a really gorgeous flapjack. It's nice and um, I don't want to say moist, but... It's Babe, moist. you can't have an opinion until you introduce yourself. I'm Alice, and I like the flapjack, <laughs> and I also play Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I am Alicia, I play Tala, and I am a loud and proud Slytherin, and I think we get a bad rep. Mm. Any Slytherins out there? Hit me up. You would think that, Slytherin. Slytherins are the best, okay? And you guys just don't understand. It's okay. Alice is just sat here silently keeping it to herself that she's a Ravenclaw. I'm a Ravenclaw, and as a Ravenclaw, I'd like to point out that we should say that we all stand with the trans community if we're going to talk about Harry Absolutely. Potter. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what Ravenclaws do. We remember shit. <laughs> and now being the Slytherin that I am, I'm going to bring it back to my slice, which is lemon meringue pie. And it's fucking amazing. And I also didn't make it because... I can't make that my mum made it because she's great and it's really tasty mums are coming in strong today they are i swear we're adults guys (laughs) my drink of today is a cup of tea but it is now empty because we've had over an hour of technical difficulties but i swear that i did initially come prepared we've had an hour of technical difficulties and several takes involving garlic butter but we're now ready you leave my delicious garlicky butter alone <laughs> no, you've put it out in the world now, Josh. It's in the public domain. I can't forget about it. Oh, also, I play Skylar. I didn't. I didn't say that before, but he, Skylar also matters, and he's played. And he's played by me. <laughs> Sorry, Skylar. Now, what did he do last session? He hung about. <laughs> but he matters. Oh, strong start, guys. This is what happens when we record in the evening. <laughs> Hendrix, would you like to recap for us? Right. What happened last time? Well, our good fish friends, uh, Lub, Glob, and Shub, had a tragedy when Glob turned into one of them tiger things. We'd been assuming it was some sort of a druid, but now we reckon it's some kind of curse. Um, so we had to fight Glob, which we weren't, you know, happy about because we don't want to kill him because it's Glob and we've attached to him for some reason. And we kind of knocked him down and, and then we were trying to uh, tell his friends not to kill him, you know, because it's Glob. And uh, then Tala, in her infinite wisdom, decided that the sea solves everything, apparently. So she decided to drag him out to the sea and I kind of freaked out and... Uh, well, I don't really understand it, but the water kind of flew away from him. And then my book from Axel kind of appeared in my hand. So I don't know. I mean, Axel will be praised. It, maybe it's a reward for surviving the shipwreck. Or or maybe it's because I sort of added to my debt by asking him to help me out. 
<sighs> I don't know. Anyway, so we calmed things down a bit and we followed the fish people to their town. We pretty much did that, got to know Lollab a bit, realised that these guys aren't quite all there. Maybe that's just what they're like, but I can't really understand how they've built a society and got a leader and all that when they're just not quite turned on, so... But we're not really sure. Anyway, we stayed and we enjoyed the party and, um... Oh, and Skylar! Almost forgot about him because he's such a sneaky bugger. He went sneaking around and um, found a bunch of treasure that was marked by some kind of elven brand. And, uh, yeah, we think that might be something to do with the curse, we're not sure. So that's pretty much it. Um, they've got some great flute music here and, um, you know, some... Scary tiger sticks. Rawr. <laughs> oh, Lollop's a sweetheart. I uh, hope we can help him. So, when we last left off, the three of you had made it back to your designated hut. I believe Skylar was so exhausted, he said goodbye to tradition and uh, basically passed out on a mattress. Yeah, I, I was just having a... It felt a little bit culty and I was having a bit of a time. So I was mentally and physically exhausted, so I just passed the hell out. Tyler, you had just finished doing your evening ritual at the shore. Washing yourself clean of the things that had happened in the day, as is so dictated by your religious ways. Yeah. And you had also gone back into the hut and gone to sleep in a hammock, I believe. Yes, I think so. Which leaves us with Hendrix, who is sat on the floor holding his brand new book. He'd be looking at his book because he's kind of, he tried to work out what it was before, but couldn't quite figure it out because he rolled six. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's looking at it now. Because it appeared in his hand when he sort of accidentally cast that spell. And he knows it's a gift from Axel. So he's been sort of sit, sat pouring through the pages, reading what's in there. And just trying to kind of... Again, he's a warlock, but he kind of treats his pact with Axel with maybe more religious reverie than, than he should. But it's like it's just instinctual for him. So he kind of is, closes his eyes and he's sort of like saying thanks to Axel for sending this answer to his request. Because he knows he made that panicked extra bargain with Axel when they're about to drown and he kind of sees this as mm. the answer and as he's looking through am I allowed to now know what my cantrips are? Well that's an interesting one. As Hendrix is looking through his, his book and, and for those of you that wish to know the mechanical thing it's Hendrix's Book of Shadows. It's a little bit dingy but it is certainly new to Hendrix. Whenever you turn to a page with the exception of the very first page the very first page has, has the cantrip Control Water written on it. It just has the words control water. And they only appear when you first flick to that page. So Hendrix has the book, opens it, turns to the first page, and control water appears. And for that moment when you see that page, Hendrix, you feel as though uh, you could move water within a five foot <laughs> That's a specific feeling. <laughs> as soon as that sensation enters your body, it sort of disappears, and as does the, the writing on the page, and you it's almost like the paper has an almost ink repellent surface that when the writing that is written on there is read, it then dissipates towards the edges. So cool. And there's always little grains of sand just right at the binding. As you leaf through the book, you turn the page and for a moment it just has the words spare the dying on there. And that fills you with, with an energy that, that is quite new to Hendrix. And while Hendrix is used to this, almost this desire to control his surroundings, his environment, to sort of almost 
preserve life. He actually, this gives you a, a new sense of control. Like you could stop somebody from dying if you needed to. That hits him deep. And for a moment, you're you're reminded of that fateful day. Aye. And you, and the thought probably occurs to you whether this is too little too late or whether it is the start of something new and beautiful. It would kind of hit him as a, a cruel kind of irony. But you did ask Axel to save Skylar. And you turn to the next page, and almost as though it feels like a bit of an emotional slap, it then has the words vicious mockery written down. <laughs> yeah, definite whiplash. <laughs> because he's there like, okay, moving water, spare the dying. He's sort of seeing a pattern. It's like, okay, this is all stuff that I needed back then on that fateful mm. day. And it's also what I needed the other day. And he's kind of seeing a logic of like this trial by, well, not fire, but trial by storm of having to relive his past trauma to then prove himself to Axel, but then this is like, what? <laughs> Doesn't quite understand it initially, mm. but it feels a bit fair given what he's like. And then you feel compelled to turn the page again. As you turn the page over from Vicious Mockery to the next page, for a flash of a moment you think you can see some text on there, but it dissipates before you're quite able to read it. I, I would roll to try and read it, but I assume that you don't know because I've not levelled up again yet. Would Hendrix turn another page? Yeah, I think he would. Is Hendrix turning the page fast or slow? He'll try and he'll try and do it fast, I think. He'll, be like, he'll try and catch it. Okay, roll me a perception check. That is, ooh, 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 17. You try to turn the next page quickly. Straight across. And then you see very clearly before it then sort of dissipates again, almost like... Uh, like an insect underneath a log and then the log is removed and the insects all scramble. This is sort of the impression that the ink gets. You see the words, what do you know? Ooh, and a question mark. That's fun. See, he's kind of looking at that he's like, what do you know? What, what do you know? And kind of muttering that to himself. And he'll kind of, he'll look at the book for a while and ponder that and then he's going to probably close it and um, put it away and he's going to look to see if he's disturbed either of you guys. With a 17 on your perception check, as you close the book, and it makes a very pleasing book-closing sound, <laughs> you you notice that the spine of the book seems to have a have a ridge running down the very centre of it, and there's a little nub that just points out the top. Ooh, I'm going to pull on it. You pull it out, and you are greeted with a stylus, ah. um, and it seems to be made of a, of a beautiful... Uh, dark ebony wood that feels a little bit damp to the touch. As you sort of look at your hands, as you do when there is something sticky on them, uh, you notice that what's coming out of this wood is ink, and the ink sort of remains on your hands for a little while, and as you sort of rub your fingers together, this ink then sort of sinks into your skin. Okay, he's going to open his book to a blank page, and he's just going to write a test sentence just to see what happens. What do you write? I think he probably writes something about what's going on right now. The leader here is called Lullab or something, he's just sort of testing. So you write that down on a, on a blank page, and for a moment the ink actually sits on top of the paper. It doesn't sink in as you'd immediately expect it to. And then it very slowly is drunk in by the parchment, almost as though it's being sort of drunk up by the rest of the parchment underneath it, as though you're writing onto a sponge. That's really cool. And then a little symbol just appears, it sort of fades in and fades out, and it's the axle symbol that appears. It's this squid with the with the crossed sort of portcullis of arms. So I think he's going to see this as, you know, this is the cost I need to be paying for what I've been given thus far. So he's going to probably sit down and he's going to spend a lot of the night writing out anything that he knows that he thinks might have any value whatsoever. Very well. You know, just stuff from sailing knowledge to 
any arcana knowledge he's picked up and just kind of, you know. Yes, you spend the rest of your evening mind dumping onto this page. Yeah. Again, each thing that you write, the ink sits on the surface for a while and then it sinks through the paper. Until you write something that perhaps isn't necessarily unique to your experience. I, I like to think at one point Hendrix writes, Nicote is found on the continent of Nortiska. Yeah. That ink sits on the surface and then all that ink whoosh, dissipates to the sides as though it's sort of being passed on. Right. And you don't get that symbol come up. Okay. He'll write something about his son because that's very on his mind. So he'll just write like, Sammy always liked finding the shells with the blue patterns in or something. Yeah, you write that and that, that does appear to sink into the page and you get that little uh, brand, that, that symbol pop up. He kind of chokes a bit to himself, like where you're suddenly having a hiccup of emotion and because obviously his um, his family have been very, very on his mind since the storm. That makes sense. So he'll spend the rest of the night writing about them. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe this is a bad idea because he's giving it to a demon, but he feels like it's a way of immortalizing them. And it's also just information that's personal to him that he wants to think about right now. And that is how Hendrix spends the better part of Hendrix's evening. Tyler would probably wake up in the in the nighttime. I imagine that she wakes up periodic during the night anyway, just as like guard instinct. Like she doesn't she doesn't fall asleep for eight hours straight. She wakes up like every couple of hours just to do like small recon. <laughs> and um seeing Hendrix with his book, because I imagine she would have noticed that like that is not a thing that he has had on him this whole time. Yeah. Um, didn't it appear in his hands whilst you were drowning the guy? Yeah. Not not that you were drowning him. <laughs> Yeah, it like suddenly became part of his hand, yeah. yeah. So she'll probably just be like, Hey, that uh that book is is that new? Oh, um I I sort of appeared after the shipwreck. It's um from Axel, I think. You think it's from him? It it says it's his property and um I think it's the Book of Shadows. I think it was a gift. That's like a spell thing, right? Aye. Oh, okay. Is that why you could do the water thing? Aye, aye, it's got that in it. It's got a ironically a lot of things you'd need in a shipwreck. <laughs> It's Axel's sort of sense of humour, I think. <laughs> what, to give you all the stuff you might need in a shipwreck <laughs> for after a shipwreck? I okay. I, I think I had to... I, I don't know if you know, but on uh, the new year I went and did a ceremony, a sort of ritual to begin my first full year walking as an Ascalus. And um, then that shipwreck was the first night. So I think he's been testing me. Oh, that is quite a test. I... I mean, if you got the book, that means you might have passed, right? Maybe. He looks a bit unsure. I sort of asked him for help again. I I think I might have just failed and doubled my debt, but but gotten something anyway. I don't know. So it's like a debt thing, like you owe each other. Is that how it works? He's not not Luska, you know. uh, (laughs) It's all a trade. But I like that because I can trust it, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I I trust him to to make good, whereas... uh, a god can just decide not to help you one day and oh yeah totally i i feel the storm was a thing i feel different after the storm i feel like i I can do more that i couldn't do before i saw your face go a little strange on the beach if you don't mind me saying yeah i obviously didn't see but i felt different i don't i've never really been at sea right so i think being in the middle of the ocean with like waves crashing and this whole storm. I think it was like a, a kind of boost in a way. I mean, you actually take joy from the sea, don't you? I'll never understand. But. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Axel, he like hates the ocean, right? Oh, Axel is the ocean, but Axel's also death and cruelty, as is the ocean. 
Oh, so that's all like the the, the bad stuff about the scene, none of the good stuff. Aye. The good stuff's just to <laughs> lull you into a false sense of security. It's interesting, there aren't many Axolus in Nakodi. Well, I'm sure you think it's all ridiculous, but uh... Hey, I can't prove mine exists any more than you can. Maybe they're all one the same. Maybe Axel's just nicer to you people. Who knows? <laughs> he's kind of he he goes quiet for a bit and looks at the book and looks like he's toying about whether or not to say something. And then it's like, I know I get a bit down on you know I, I'm a bit grim and I, I don't mean no disrespect to your religion or or whatever. It's just that, like the storm the other day. I've I've been in one of those before and it it took some people from me and I I think that's why Axel was testing me with it and I think I failed because I cried like a bitch. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, if it's any consolation, I didn't see you crying at all. Don't forget I said that. That's not true. I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really awful that you had to kind of go through it again, and I think that's a really shitty choice of test. I'm not going to lie to you, not to judge Axel and his wisdom, but I think that's kind of a dick move. It's kind of why I went to him. You know, it was um, it, it was my my wife and my son. And um, I sort of changed after that happened, so I think he's just testing me. Anyway, so you don't, you don't want to hear about that. But hey, I, I think you're doing a really good job. I don't think I could go through what you have gone through and be as sane as you are. So I think you're doing a good job. <laughs> oh, that's very nice, Pet, but I'm not sane, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. We're, 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 you know, we're all, we're all a bit insane, but I think... I think you're doing okay. I think you're hard on yourself. Thank you. And he kind of gives Skylar's hammock an affectionate little kick. And he's like, well, just, we just got to keep this one safe. He's a little spooked right now. So Hendrix and Tyler have their little little discussions throughout the night. And I imagine, Skylar, you sort of sleepily half wake up through it. And it just sort of... The, the the low murmur of voices mm. sort of makes you think that maybe maybe everything's fine maybe it's just your 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 family or something talking while you mm. while you get a little bit of zuz yeah i'm just the, it it's all good chaos ain't happening so i'm just gonna <laughs> for all the listeners jazz is role playing this with her eyes closed mm. just so you <laughs> in a bed i'm i'm really <laughs> getting into the mood yeah i just feel like they're not getting the full experience skylar <laughs> You have a bit of a strange moment in your hammock, and it's not when Hendrix kicks it. You find yourself at your home, and you've just sort of stepped out of your family home, and you can see you can see the beautiful swamp that smells far better than it mm. looks, stretching for miles around. All right. Well, I don't like this. And you can see the sort of the the ancient decrepit building sort of just poking out of the swamp at at jaunty angles. Before you, on the ground, is a single yellow flower. Alright, so I'm gonna crouch down and have a look at it, but I'm keeping an eye out. Uh, roll me a perception check. Fourteen. Scarly, you uh, scoot down and have a look at this flower. You don't go out and touch it, do you? No, I, I, I just crouch down and just sort of like look at it. I squint. I squint real good. It's an unusual flower. You don't normally get solitary yellow flowers cropping up in the middle of a of a footpath, let alone in the middle of the Oasis Swamp. You sit down, you look at it, and you are vaguely aware of sort of the world around you 
spinning ever so slightly, just just like for a second, as though you were you were just like on a on a roundabout or a, or a merry ground, and you just sort of got spun for a moment, and then you stop. Oh. But you're still looking at this flower. All right, what direction am I pointing in now? Um, you're still looking at the flower on the ground. Yeah, but if I if I look up, what what's happened? If you look up, there is a thick canopy of deciduous trees. Oh, all right. So these ones specifically, and while Skylar wouldn't know this, we would. These ones look to be great oaks, and the ground around you is no longer swampy. It feels like sort of good forest. Yeah, I was gonna say this ain't anything like home. So I'm um, I'm gonna stand up and sort of neatly step around. This yellow flower, which I assume is acting kind of like the lamppost from Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just step round that and, uh, and and start to kind of wander away because I, I, I'm inviting chaos. You're stepping away from this yellow flower on the ground, walking around this very almost traditionally English forest, mm. if that was a parallel that Skylar would be able to draw from. You eventually sort of through the trees, start to see a a mound of rock, very regularly shaped rock, sort of uh, cuboids. Ooh, okay. How many? It seems seems like a mixed-sized pile of many. Yeah, I'm going to run over to them, just straight up. You run over to them and you realise that these stone cuboids are actually uh, runoffs, bits of rubble from a great stone building and it's a huge magnificent stone building uh, very mayan in build wow these trees were sure hiding this giant building they were very <laughs> thick trees i am shocked there is an enormous tree and a, it, it's a huge tree the tree almost dwarfs the entire forest that you're in right. as far as you can see these these great boughs reach out and it's almost as though the other trees are growing to try and reach this tree instead of trying to reach the sky. But something you do notice about this tree, other than the fact that it's enormous, mm. is that the the bark and the trunk of the tree is glowing gold. Ooh, okay. How, how far is it for me to get to this tree? It seems to be about 500 feet. That's a lot. Up a flight of stairs, obviously. All right, I'm gonna just run just all light like boop, 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 up up to the top to have a look at this tree how long do you dash for how long would you like to move for i don't know i mean it, it, as much as reasonable until i start to notice that something ain't right yeah so skylar you you sort of start to make up these stairs heading towards this great magnificent tree and as you sort of walk up these steps you feel like you're making really great progress you turn back to see how far you are and you're three steps up off the ground and I expect Skylar tries a couple of times again to get up the stairs, moving faster and faster each time. It's like I'm on an escalator that's going the wrong way. This is super frustrating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God dang it. And as you sort of turn away again to look back down from where you were, you see this little yellow flower again on the floor. You tricksy flower. Ah, uh, squint at it. <laughs> <laughs> the flower squints back. Ah, I knew it. It's an implied squint. It's not a real squint. It's an implied that squint. That flower's giving me sass. <laughs> the flower does appear to be giving you sass with its with its insolence and quiet and general not moving. All right, so I'm going to look at the flower and I'm going to be like, you weren't there before. What do you want? Because I assume I'm in a dream. 
do you walk towards the flower or do you just scream at the flower from the top of the stairs? I scream at the flower from the top of the stairs because I'm going with dream logic here. Uh, nothing happens other than your own voice. I want to I wanna get a little stone. Can I find a little stone? Yeah, you can find like a little, little bit of gravel. All right, I'm going to throw it at the buttercup. <laughs> you toss this little stone at the buttercup and then you feel a little of gravel hitting you in the back of the head. Oh, you bastard! Do you turn around to see where the gravel came from? Yeah, I look around if it's another fucking little flower, I swear to God. You see the back of a relatively tall, black-haired, shaved at the sides, high elf. Is it me? Uh, yeah, it's you. Ah, fuck! (laughs) Have I got a mirror thing going on? Like, do I copy me? You do indeed, yes. All right, so I'm stuck in some kind of loop-de-looping mirror. <laughs> I'm going to take another little bit of pebble. Okay. And I'm going to face me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw it over my shoulder. You pick up a pe- pebble, turn around, look at the you that's up the stairs, take a pebble and throw the pebble over your shoulder. And as you do, you see the you in front of you pick up a pebble and throw it over their shoulder, and uh, and it hits you in the shoulder. Ah, oh, crap. Okay. And the you up the stairs, you can just about hear it go, ah, oh, crap. I love it. It sounds so like me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step back down towards the fly, and I'm gonna roll Narcana. Well, that's okay. shit. I got a five. <laughs> stupid, stupid fucking buttercup. Yeah, that's about all you know. <laughs> it's fine because you, because you look at, you look at the yellow flower, um, and you, you do notice that it is a yellow flower. <laughs> And nature in itself is magical in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of respect for nature, but I don't have any respect for a piece of nature that's given me sass. Understandable. Roll nature to know if there's any weird vision flowers. I'm gonna. (laughs) Well, fuck me. That's a six. I ain't doing very well in this dream. Uh, what, What I will tell you is that it is not a buttercup. It is a little bit larger than a buttercup. Sunflower. Daffodil. It looks a bit like a Canterbury bell, but instead of being blue, it is yellow. What the hell's a Canterbury Everyone goes bit. to Google Canterbury Bell. Okay. Okay, but it's yellow. Oh, that's cute. What else is going on? Uh, there's a, there's another U on the stairs, and if you sort of move your head to the side, the other U keeps blocking the view, but it's implied that there are other other U's further up the stairs. Run, run, just run to the top and blow it up. All right, okay, so I'm going to start going up the top, up towards the top again. Uh, it's just going to happen again, isn't it? You see the other other U's. Walking up the stairs, matching your pace exactly. Your vision sort of just flashes up towards the tree just to look at. So you, so you really can look at what it is that you're heading towards. And you notice that it is an enormous Canterbury bell. What? <laughs> what do I do? Go to uh, the flower and ask it what it wants. So is the little flower behind me? Have I managed to get any? It is still there. You are no further so- away from the little yellow flower. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what does the flower want? I'm going to talk to the flower. Are you standing up? Above the flower, or are you going to squat down next to it? I don't want to be intimidating. I'll go. I'll get okay. to its level. I'll lay on my front. You okay? You get down on your front. You lay on your front, and you feel as though you're on a merry-go-round, a roundabout that has been spun. I whoosh, hate this. And suddenly stop. Ah! And underneath you is rock. You are you're on a very uncomfortable, rocky surface. It's 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 jolly painful, actually. And that yellow flower is still there, inexplicably growing out of the rock. If this is because Hendrix nudged my hammock and now I'm all kinds of dizzy and turned around, I'm gonna be pissed. Don't blame <laughs> Hendrix. Alright, okay, so now I'm on rock. I'm going to say to the flower, where are we going? Do you want to look around or are you just going to keep looking at the flower? 
I'm gonna glance. You are in the middle of a huge desert, and you are at the very tippy-tippy top of a spire, of a pillar of rock. So if I look behind me, are there a million of me? There are not, no. There is. It is just you and this flower on the top of this pillar. Okay, what if I touch the flower? How are you touching it? I don't want to commit too much because I don't want it to steal my hand. <laughs> so I'm going to go with rat logic where it's okay to lose like a small digit because I can gnaw it off. So you just like prod it with your little finger? Yeah, yeah, because I can, I can stand to lose my little finger. Okay. As you prod the... The yellow canterbury bell with your smallest of pinky fingers. The first thing you notice weirdly is that the the flower is oddly warm. Oh, I don't it's like, like that. Warm to the touch, like someone else has been holding it just before you touched it. Ooh, that's weird. I imagine you very quickly prodded, like twink, like that. Um, it makes that makes a little. Oh no, they're calling Canterbury. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a very dainty ringing sound. Um, but it seems to resonate with something that's just over the side of the pillar. Does it summon some kind of pixie? Do you look over the side of the pillar? Of course I do. There is not a pixie, but there is uh, what appears to be the, the ruins of several buildings. I'm going to nudge the flower again, but this time with my foot. Um, you sort of feel a loafer, sort of tap you in the head. Oh, damn it! <laughs> okay. You're the flower. You're the flower. <laughs> I'm the flower. Okay, what if I pick me up? You're going to try and pick the flower at the ground? Madness has set in. I'm going to pick up the flower. You go down to pick up this flower and you pull it out the ground. And you are awake. You're in a hammock. You're uh, you're in a hut. Your friend Hendrix is there, sort of sat on the floor, his head sort of resting against the, the back of a table, clutching a book in his arms. Tala is across the way in this little shack, snoring away. Snoring, actually, not that loudly, just like little tiny... <laughs> Skyler, you wake up, and you are aware that you have never had a dream before. Oh, fuck! <laughs> yeah, because I meditate. So he wakes up in a whole flurry of limbs and falls straight out the hammock. Boom! Falls on the floor. Hendrix, you're ah! woken up by by a high elf sort of falling out of the hammock in front of you. I like to think Tala would probably wake up from a bang on the floor. Yeah. Oh, she definitely would, yeah. <laughs> Jumping to attention. She's <laughs> like, all right, Sammy, keep it down. Oh, ah! oh my God! Oh, Skylar, what is happening? Are you right? I was somewhere else. I was, I was, there was a yellow flower and then I, and the world was spinning and then I was on a, I was in a, I was Hang in on. a, hmm? So he, he hops down from his hammock and goes over to you and kind of like puts his hands on your shoulders and kind of just tries to steady you a bit because he promised to keep you safe tonight and now you're all weird. So he's just <laughs> like, all right, just take, take a second, just breathe. Have you been eating some kind of flowers? Did the fish people give you a flower? No, no, I was, I, I, I did everything normal, like, I don't know what I did to deserve that. Skylar, are you talking about a dream? Did you have a, with a dream when you were sleeping? I don't know, it, I mean, it felt like I was there, you know, I was like there, yeah. and, and things were happening, but it didn't make any sense, and then I was like, there was this flan, and it was giving me sass, and it was yeah, just sweetie, like. Yeah, that, sweetie, that sounds like a dream, I... which is weird, because you guys don't sleep. Do you? I, I've never had one of those before. Well, that's strange. Wait, hang on a minute. You mean you folks do that every night? We don't do that every night. <laughs> it's normally just like subconscious thoughts that you have that just kind of 
play out in your brain when you sleep. Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. So it's thoughts that I had whilst I was asleep. So can you guys tell me, because you have dreams, so you'll you'll know what this is. Well, it's not an exact science. No, it's really not. <laughs> okay, but you're going to know better than me. There right. was a yellow fly and it was giving me sass. And every time I looked at it and laid down on the floor, the world span. And then I was somewhere else and there was all these like weird buildings. And like I was trying to walk up steps and poke it with a stick and I could see myself. And I, when I poked the flower, I poked myself in the head. And oh, that sounds quite serious. That sounds like, uh, I don't know. Did you know these places where you were being taken to? No, no. Maybe it's because you're in a new place and you're away from home. And maybe your brain is not coping. I don't know. If you're making up places that you've never seen. I mean, did they seem real? or, or you know? I mean, they felt as real as you sitting here in front of me, which is why I freaked out and now I fell out the hammock and now I've bumped my head. What sort of flower was it? I don't know. It was yellow, kind of had a lot of petals at the bottom and then like a little round ball on the top. You can roll nature if you like. Oh, roll nature, sure. 18, it's 18, it's an 18. 18. Wow. Damn. Hendrix, it sounds as though it's sort of a relative of the tulip family or, or, or a daffodil, possibly. Um, the words Canterbury Bell keep popping through your head. And the word bell seems to be highlighted. Bell, bell, Canterbury Bell. You, you, did it, did it make any sort of noise? When I poked it with my pinky finger, it made like a little bell sound. Little well, it sounds like it was a Canterbury Bell flower, and then it's making a bell sound. Does that mean so, anything in particular? I don't know. Let me roll Arcana. <laughs> Okay. That's his bag. I got an unnatural dirty 20. A dirty 20, wow. In terms of magical implications, um, flowers growing in dreams doesn't have anything in particular. A flower growing in unusual places and someone jumping between different places. Within the context of a dream, that can mean that someone is feeling... uh, upset, it could mean that someone is feeling like they want a change of scenery, or that they want to return to a place that they once felt comfortable in. Uh. With regards to bells in dreams, they can be symbolic of effective communication, and uh, bells are also a, a constituent of the alarm spell. What does the alarm spell do? Uh, it's basically, you can you can cast a sort of a, a warded area, and if a creature you don't designate enters the area, it sets off a little alarm. Okay. So, Hendrix reiterates all of that to Skylar. And this is what you guys have to deal with all the time when you dream? Most dreams are not this complicated. They're just fluff, and you don't... I mean, you sounded pretty interactive. I mean, most dreams are pretty easy. Uh, most, most times they don't mean nothing. And the fact that you don't dream normally, I think, means that this is probably important, but equally, you can't do anything about it. You're awake now. Well, that's frustrating. Just keep it in your head, in case you see one of them flowers, you know? just. All right, okay, I'll keep an eye out for flowers and weird old buildings and lots of stairs. I think that's that's all you can all do. All right, okay. I wouldn't let it worry. Uh, it'll make sense when it when it has to make sense. Yeah. I sure hope so. So, do we need to be concerned about what these fish people eat for breakfast? I'm not a... Oh, they won't eat fish. But they live by an ocean. What else do they eat? Tiger? Then don't doubt it. When, when you were coming into the into the village, uh, Hendrix, you did see them doing some spear fishing off, the, off a little Ooh, rocky outcrop. Oh, I just remembered I saw them fishing. Do you think they eat fish? Do you think they know that it's weird? Do they even know they're fish? What if they didn't used to be fish? This is what we've been saying, because they walk all funny and sort of 
crickety cronky. I think we need to talk to them. I think us hypothesizing in here is not getting us anywhere. <laughs> Hi. Just can I just make sure you guys you guys are sure that it's gonna be okay out there? Like you don't you don't think that you need me running around in in the in the back? I'm, o- I'm Skylar, okay. We'd rather we all we'd rather you be with us. We can all stick together. He looks very uncertain, but yeah. he agrees. Yeah, he kind of just puts like hands on his shoulder and is like, it's going to be all right. We're with you. If we all stick together, we'll be fine. If you're with us, then we're all together. If you're out in the jungle, what if there is another tiger? Exactly. And then we're not with you, so we can't help. All right. Okay. Well, as long as you're sure, because if it all goes to hell, I know who I'm blaming. If it all goes to hell, <laughs> we'd rather you be in our corner with us right here. Where we can all keep an eye on each other. Yep. Alright. Right, should we go to the fire? The breakfast area? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go get some fish breakfast. So you guys step out of the door of your little hut that's been home for the evening and morning. Um, you step out and you immediately see that there is a huddled mass over by the jail oh, that, is, oh, that is far off on a peninsula. Boy. I was just thinking, I wonder whether mm. Glob is back to normal. We go there. We go that way? Yeah. You go there, you do that. And... As you get closer and closer, you can hear you, you, you can hear a lot of things. Uh, Hendrix, you can hear the hear the fish people talking about new. There's a lot of mention of the word new, and uh, occasionally people say people say cat. Some people say tiger, okay. and you're also just catching snip, snippets and scraps of conversation. Um, but all of you can hear. Hey, look! We just arrived. We we just got washed up on the side. Uh, just oh my let gosh, us go. Oh, hello. Welcome aboard. This place, it's the middle bit. It's where I, Josh, speak to you, the listener, about all sorts of social media goodies. Don't worry, there's no knowledge-absorbing books here, and even though the piano music is very relaxing, bravo, you'll find it very difficult to dream here. Relax. Put your feet up and enjoy a crisp Sauvignon Blanc. You look like you could do with it. First, I'd like you to take a deep breath in and out. And then I'd like you to listen to me tell you about the Calm Within Yoga Blog and Beginners Classes. So many people told Kira that they'd love to have a go at yoga, but they just weren't flexible enough. What they didn't realize is that yoga is for everyone, regardless of flexibility. With yoga, not only will your body increase in flexibility, strength and vitality, but you will have the pleasure of allowing your mind and soul to strengthen. Yoga is all about being brave enough to remove the layers and journey towards the truth of who you are. A graduate of Frog Lotus Yoga's teacher training in Vinyasa Flow and graduate of Peaceful Babes Children Teacher Training Course, Kira specializes in beginner's yoga, helping people of all ages discover the beautiful lifestyle that can come with yoga. For more information, visit calmwithyoga.com. I can personally vouch for Kira as she's brought an air of calm and relaxation to many fraught performances over summer months and has been a ray of sunshine on some of my gloomy days. Calmwithyoga.com. Make sure you take a look. Next, let me tell you about VoiceMag UK. VoiceMag is an online arts and culture magazine whose primary focus is to give young people their own voice on matters that are important to them. 
Do you want to write about arts, culture and politics? Well, not only is Voice a magazine, it's also an open blogging platform. Anyone can register an account. And from there you can publish your own reviews, opinion blogs, vlogs, interviews and so, so much more. And if you're really passionate about writing and journalism, you can apply to be a local reporter, which could get you access to local shows, advice on the pieces you write from the editorial team, and a chance to join Voice Mag UK as a member of their annual festival coverage team. Find your voice at www.voicemag.uk. That's www.voicemag.uk. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at VoiceMagUK. Lastly, I'd like to direct you towards at Brunch in Pairs on Instagram. Now, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you love to hear about cakes and food, but well, who doesn't? Well, Brunch in Pairs is a food blog dedicated to all that is delicious and yummy and scrumptious, and yes, I know those words mean the same thing, regardless. Brunch in Pairs is run by Laura, who takes the most food pornographical pictures of food that I have ever seen. I mean, it, it's practically not safe for work scrolling through their Instagram. I mean, I'm scrolling through it right now, and it's making my mouth water like nothing I've ever known. I mean, it puts our pictures of our cakes to absolute shame. And to top it off, not only does Laura take mind-blowing photos of delicious food, she's also an incredibly kind and lovely person who I'm sure will be more than happy to recommend a great place for you to have brunch if you're ever in London. That account again is at brunch in pairs. That's pairs spelt P-A-I-R-S. At brunch in pairs. Tell them that Dyson a Slice sent you. On the subject of social medias, don't forget you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dyson a Slice. That's D-I-C-E-N-A-S-L-I-C-E. -E. And if you're one of our top fans on Facebook, we'll give you a little shout-out. Speaking of which, a massive hello and thank you to Chaz, Joe, and Aaron, who are our top fans at the moment. Thank you, chaps, for your support. We wouldn't be where we are without you. A reminder once again that if we get five reviews on Apple Podcasts, we'll publish our world map for the fine Isles of Nortiska. And after that goal is reached, we'll set a brand new one with a new goals reward. We're currently sitting at four reviews, so just one more, and you can see our glorious world map in high definition. Well, that's all from me, other than to say thank you again for your continued support, and a massive thank you to Alicia, who somehow manages to find the time to edit us rowdy lot together in a way that makes us all seem far more comprehensible than we are. And now, back to the action. All of you can hear... Hey, look, we just arrived. We, we just got washed up on the side. Uh, just oh let gosh, us go. Oh my gosh, tiny. Is it Pad? Oh. Are they there? Oh, they're going to freak out about Pad, aren't they? Oh, oh no. Oh, no. It's okay, because you told them he was friendly. You you guys you guys approach the edge of this crowd. And, uh, and sure enough, as you sort of push through the fish people, and the fish people sort of... <laughs> It's really weird. It's like walking through NPCs, <laughs> like in a in a video game. It's like walking through they NPCs because they, they, they just sort of they get just they, they the get way. out the way because well, they have to move their entire bodies to look at you, and in order to look at where you are, they have to step backwards anyway. <laughs> oh, that is NPC walk. <laughs> so they they do that, and you and you see you see Pad inside this inside the cell that has a iron lock. Oh. You see the the hybrid the hybrid uh, tigery type thing is in the right hand cell with the silver lock. Yeah. 
and in front of Pad's cell, you see Tiny stood with his arms wide out as though he's protecting Pad. You see Norma under one arm, and and you don't see Shimmer anywhere. Tala is going to run and hug Tiny. He's got his arms open. He is ready. <laughs> he sort of hugs you with one arm, but his, his head still sort of is looking out. There's like a there's like almost a, a professional pat on the back with his hug as well. Like, this is not the time. Tiny, you're alive. Uh, you feel Norma sort of hug you from the side oh. underneath. Oh. Um, Hendrix, can, can you tell these people that Pad is okay? We, we've got... She's going to look at Tiny and be like, we can't talk to them. Hendrix can. We can't. Yep, so Hendrix kind of goes up to the fish people and is like, "Is like, who's the most in charge person here? Uh, Lulub. Oh, Lulub's here. Great. Lulub's my bro. So we go up to Lulub. <laughs> Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So I go up to Lulub and just like, sir, these are our friends. These are uh, the people who we were shipwrecked with. Shipwrecked friends. Good people. He kind of like is talking, mm. and it's like, wait, talk to him in Lullab talk. <laughs> <laughs> friends, good. Um, <laughs> friends, friends. Hendrix, Hendrix, Tala, friends, good people. Hmm. Safe. Cat. Hmm. No, not tiger. Not globe tiger. Just cat. <laughs> when, when you say tiger, the entire crowd sort of goes. Ooh, 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 ooh. Aww. <laughs> Bless them. Not, ah! not globe tiger, and not tiger tiger. Just, just cat, friend. I love talking nice. fish talk. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lullab then sort of points at Tiny. He says, "Cat." No, no, cow. <laughs> I think Tiny would love to know that you refer to him as a cow. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fish person, so he's sort of got a glossed over look in his eye anyway. But you say that, and there's like, there's no register. It's as though you've just said something that doesn't have there's like. There's no translation. There's, there's no translation. Manatee. Manatee. <laughs> That's a sea cow. And, and there's sort of a, a look of a look of recognition for a moment. <laughs> a minotaur or a manatee, you know, whichever. <laughs> a manatee with legs. Yeah, exactly. A long legged manatee. Well, a fish with legs. He's a manatee with legs. It's fine. Tiny still stood there defensively. Norma is actually still hugging on to Tala. I'm just going to stroke her hair absentmindedly. Bless her heart. It sort of feels Tala like when someone is, when someone gets lost at sea and they find land, first thing they want to do is get as close to that land as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe you get from Norma, Aww. but with with your personage. Um, Skylar, you notice that none of these fish people like seem to... It's not that they don't care that you're here. It's just like they're very comfortable with the fact that you are here. They've not yeah. registered that you're new. They're like, sure. Yeah. This one. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to blend in. I mean, I'm very tall, but I'm I'm quite thin. So if I just stand sort of subtly in the group, hopefully I don't stand out too much. <laughs> I, think, I think Hendrix could tell the fish people that you were there all day yesterday and they would agree. They would absolutely buy it. They'd be like, just yeah. Oh, yeah. I was very careful to say like that these guys were Hendrix and Tala friend and not yeah. mention Skylar because I was like, let's not introduce the topic of Skylar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, Skylar's a bit of an esoteric concept at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tiny speaks up. Uh, look, we... The storm, I'm so glad to see you guys all alive, but we, we washed up on this shore and some of these fish people, they, they sort of trust us up and, and dragged us here. We can't understand a damn word they're well, saying. They're speaking undercommon. Yeah. It's, it's a strange kind of undercommon. Are, are you all alright? Where's Shimmer? Tiny sort of looks about and goes, 
Oh, shit. <laughs> Shimmer! <laughs> Shimmer! <laughs> Off in the trees, you guys just hear. Oh, oh are they okay? It is impossible to tell. But they're alive. That's the main thing. Oh, Shimmer's alive. Don't you worry. Great. Okay. Um, and you sort of look over his shoulder and, and see Pad. And Pad looks like a cat that has been at sea for a day. Oh, no. He looks miserable. His fine, like, leather work is all cracked and, and salt stained. Now he's a, now he's a captain. <laughs> yeah, that's what Tala was thinking. She's looking at him like... You're a real sailor now, buddy, huh? Yeah, Look at right. Salt stains. <laughs> His previously <laughs> relatively well-groomed mane is all like dreadlocked uh. and sticking out at weird angles. Aww. There's sand everywhere, and he's got such a scowl on. Yeah, Hendrix like he sat now. in the corner, sat in the corner, hunched over, arms crossed, one leg up, one leg straight on the floor, and his ears are pressed flat against his head. Yeah, Tala is in and fact going like, to look at him and say. Hey, Pad, you're starting to look a bit like Hendrix, bud. <laughs> like, he wasn't looking at you. He was sort of looking into the middle distance. Yeah. His head moves very slowly towards you. And his already narrowed eyes narrow even more. <laughs> Wait, is that an insult? <laughs> and then for, for a sousson, for a, for a very small moment, he winks. Then it goes back to this scowl. Oh. And you, you notice that inside the jail, there isn't like a solid partition. It's like a, it's like bars. So Tala's just gonna look to Hendrix as if to be like, "Hey, what's, what's the, what's the tea? What's happening? Uh, what is the tea?" Tiny and Norma look at each other, shrugging, not knowing that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's, she's just glancing at Hendrix. So yeah, as if to that. be like, "What is Lullaby?" Oh, I see. Because she doesn't understand. She obviously yeah. hasn't been privy to the conversation. Yeah. Oh, I see. I, I sorry, I misheard. Um, he's just, he's, he's not sure if he's. Right, what, uh, I won't answer yet because I'll wait to find out what the tea is because he was debating whether or not he was okay with them being cats and manatees. So <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> cats and manatees. So Hendrix, you're talking to Lullab and you're sort of pointing at them and saying, Hendrix friend, Tala friend. Hendrix friend, Tala yeah. friend. And then Lullab sort of after a moment, after processing this complex information, this rich vein of, of knowledge that you've given to him, he sort of takes his stuff and tries to bang it on the ground takes a step forward so he's actually on the stone and bangs it again oh i love him because previously he was on the sand and it's just sort of like oh i love him steps forward he tries so hard yeah (laughs) and he he gestures with one arm towards tiny and norma he he goes hendrix friend tala friend and the the rest of the fish people just sort of go "Friend, friend 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 And that sort of ripples through the crowd, Aww. and they all just sort of, <sighs> and they all sort of just dum 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 dum, dum oh, I and sort that. of just go go off to do their daily NPC tasks. Oh, <laughs> oh. see, Hendrix will explain to Tala and to the others as well. Like, all right, they they know that you're safe. They've um, I've explained that you're our friends, and they they trust us, so you're all right. The the wild look in Tiny's eye sort of subsides, and he. He then also breathes himself a sigh of relief. Uh, Norma is still latching on to Tala like an absolute limpet. Oh, Tala feels like when she had the kids in the coatie, she is feeling such mum energy right now. Yeah, Norma is about child-sized as well. I'm aware she's a halfling, not a child. I'm not trying to diss on halflings, but... You don't know that she's a halfling. Oh, well, Tala knows she is not a child. She is a being that is small, but it still (laughs) is the same kind of energy. It's still cute. Yeah. Yeah, and Tiny then sort of steps forwards. I assume Tala's still hanging on to, ti- uh, to Tiny? Yeah, a little bit. So Tiny sort of steps forwards with Tala being dragged behind him, Norma being dragged by Tala. Yeah. And he puts a hand on your shoulder, Hendrix, and he says, oh, 
Thank you very much. We've we've had a hell of an evening. I can imagine. It was a bit of a storm. Where did you guys end up? Well, and he sort of turns around and looks at the looks at the sun. Don't know why I went to look at the sun then. It's night time. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's the only thing that doesn't make sense about me doing that. Yeah. It's night time. Yeah. He goes he goes to look at the sun and he says, um, I think we must have been towards the west of the island. Uh, okay, we were on the east, I think. Hmm. Huh. That that's weird that we'd end up so far apart. Very strange. Did you have to fight a tiger when you landed? Because we did. <laughs> he has an expression on his face that says, uh, <laughs> uh, "What?" <laughs> and, then his, and, and then his head sort of turns towards the, the snarling humanoid mess that is in the other cage and says, "Oh, you mean this guy?" Yeah. Well, it wasn't him initially. There was another guy. It's like a tiger curse. It was a whole thing. All right. Huh. They don't just kill the tiger people. Well, it's because it's because it's not. So it's it's a curse. So it's their fish people. It's their friends get taken over by the curse. And when you kill the tiger, you that's kill the a friend. fish person. Yeah, his name is Glub, and he's pretty cool. So we love Glub. We love Glub. Tana says that having never <laughs> spoken snap. to Glub. Yeah. <laughs> Tani turns and looks at the uh, tiger previously known as Glub. Not previously, currently he's known. Currently known as Glub. Yeah. Don't take away his identity. Sure. Then there's there's sort of just an intense look of like. I need to know everything about you, but this is not the time or the place. It's almost as though a minotaur would be interested in knowing the nature of curses. Ah. Hendrix, does Lullab have a key or someone who can do the jail for Pad? Oh, right. Um, Lullab, could um, friends go free? Lullab points at, uh, at the were-tiger. Oh. And he and he shakes his head. Well, he doesn't shake his head. He take, sh- shakes his entire body, obviously. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no! And then he points at Pad and sort of stops for a moment. And it, it again to the casual observer, it looks like his his system has crashed. Oh yeah. Like he's just blue screened. Um, and then he sort of bobs ever so slightly. Oh, he's gonna oh, let it. He's gonna do yay. it. Um, so he he walks forwards and he puts his hand on the cage and sort of tries to pull it open, but can't open the cage because it's locked. A key. Key. Hmm. Guard, maybe? Tala's just saying that aloud to Hendrix because she can see Lullab <laughs> standing shaking with no keys visible. <laughs> the only thing that seems to be locking this, this cage door is, is a padlock. I'm going to go up and try and pick it. Roll me a thieves tools check. So that is my, is it my sleight of hand? Uh, Yeah, so yeah, just just roll sleight of hand because you have, you've got proficiency in sleight of hand, haven't you? Nope. Do you not? Nope. Um, so basically, roll dexterity plus your plus proficiency, because you have proficiency in thieves' tools. I do. A rogue that doesn't have proficiency in sleight of hand. How interesting. I've gone full stealth and survival, because he's a scout, mm-hmm. not a yes. thief. Yeah. He's a good boy. I am not a thief. I am not a thief. I just carry yet. thieves' tools in case I need to do some thieving, but I am not a thief. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, joke's on you guys. In absolutely no way, because I achieved what we wanted with a 24, so... Oh, yeah. Skylar walks up to this this busted-ass, iron, rusty lock, and for a moment, Hendrix, you're like, there's no way someone's going to lockpick this. This lock is almost bigger than, than one of Skylar's hands. Skylar doesn't even have to, like, squat down to get to this. He just walks up with, with the bobbins and the needles, and he shimmies the nodger, and, and it just opens like he just put a key in it. That technical terminology was a stellar, by the way, Josh. It was colourful. Shimmies the nodger. Shimmies the nodger. That's an actual phrase. <laughs> Is that a real thing? To shimmy the nodger, yeah. He's bullshitting. Am I the only one who thought that he was just doing gobbledygook? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was doing it's a, It's a Terry Pratchettism. I do apologise. I thought it was a real thing. I read it in a Terry Pratchett book. <laughs> Turns out it's a Terry Pratchettism. A, a nothing he writes <laughs> is a word. But anyway, yeah, so this, this padlock opens like it was opened by a key. And Skylar, you, you look down at Pad, who's doing a great impression of a sulking child. Aww. Almost though he is one. He sort of looks up at you, and there's a wry smile that creeps across his face. And out of... He takes his hand out of the crossed arms and swings the key on a little keychain in front of you. Uh, <laughs> you oh, had you charming devil. Tala now understands. You know, the that wink. was all just gonna be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. They were gonna let you out. Hey, but had up. we not been here, it's, oh, yeah, it's a great backup plan. They didn't know that. That is true. Very nice slice of hand, my friend. Um, he, so he, he stands up and the leather, the leather he wears sort of creaks a little bit and his bones creak a little mm. bit as well. Being a cat, he's not so inclined for the water. Oh, he's rusting. <laughs> he chose a great job. Yeah. <laughs> As he stands up, the hybrid tiger in the other room uh, rushes against the cage and starts sort of banging against the cage. So this this hybrid tiger is is now uh, basically behind you, Skylar, or slightly to the right of you. I jump out the way. As these uh, these clawed hands come through the bar sort of trying to reach at you right. at which point Lullab takes like the the thick end of his stick and sort of jabs it through the bars sort of getting this hybrid thing in the in the rib and everyone who isn't Hendrix hears him go um, Hendrix you hear him say no glub no no glub Oh my heart, I can't take these fish people. I just can't deal with it. I can't. So we gotta figure out how to fix this tiger problem. I... It's, we gotta wait for the moon, don't we? Isn't that what they said? Yeah, you guys already know that these, these things lose their tiger shape and return to being catfolk uh, when there is no sunlight or when there is moonlight. Alright, but like, that's just a temporary fix. Yeah. We need to find out what's actually actually happening. Hendrix, you're the only one that can talk to these people. What's going on? Well, I've already asked them and they don't know. They just keep asking if we're a healer or a medic or something. They don't really know how to fix it. So Tala's going to turn to, like, Pad and Tiny and Norma and assume Shimmer can hear from somewhere and be like, you guys don't know anything about curses or lifting curses or anything. Tiny says, well, I, I have an interest in curses. It's something that my people have always been associated with, so I have a rudimentary knowledge of curses. This guy basically is a tiger in the daytime and he's glub at nighttime. And if he bites someone, they then have the curse, I think, is the gist. She says looking at Hendrix for like a nod. Yeah. <laughs> aye, that's, aye, that seems to be the gist. Yeah. Pan sort of strides out of the jail cell. Uh, and he's almost got to, got to walk like, you know when a cat has just woken up from a long sleep in the sun? And they're sort of stretching as they walk. And he says, Ugh. Sounds like a form of lycanthropy to me. <sighs> Is there a way to cure it? Death. That'll do it. Right, a, a, a less deadly cure would be nice. We quite like that. Uh, a way to remove curse. Well, hmm. we could find a holy person. Holy people are good at removing curses. The best we've got here is Hendrix or Lullab and... <laughs> I am not a holy person. I am the opposite of a holy person. I am a warlock. <laughs> Lullab, Lullab hears his name and he goes... <laughs> Hendrix, you hear him go, yes? <laughs> I mean, my my god is very much more uh, sea-based. I, I don't deal much with tigers. Yeah, so Pad hears what you say, Tala. And he sort of looks very thoughtful. No, I'm sorry. Apart from finding a very powerful uh, 
religious type. There aren't many ways to lift a curse. And, well, we can try and find the thing that set the curse initially. Mm. If you can do away... Well, if you can find the person who originally laid the curse, they can be the ones to lift it. Right. Well, that okay. seems easier than finding some sort of fancy priest type. I don't know where we're going to find one of them. But we can set, we can find a were-tiger and kill it, right? And Lala uh, stands next to you. Uh, Hendrix <laughs> with his skull on his stick and goes <laughs> <"Aww."> <laughs> um, Pad squints his eyes and looks very sarcastic No, oh, it's a little bit too close to home <laughs> he, he then sort of looks at the skull on the stick and was like really? don't take it too personally they have a they have a tiger problem you've got to play along he likes it if you get scared of the tiger stick oh right and then, then, then Pad sort of turns to Lala, sort of s- square to him, and goes, <laughs> and looks genuinely frightened. <laughs> like, like for a second, for a split second, he looks really frightened. Aww. And, you, and you guys almost believe it were not for the fact that he was so calm just before he did it. But Lala sort of laughs and goes, Right. Tala just looks at Tiny with a look of like, I wish I knew, but I just don't. I like it. It's very playful. It's very, very insane. <laughs> Moments like this make me remember that Hendrix has been a father. You know what I mean? Where he mm-hmm. can just play peekaboo yeah. for an extended period of time. <laughs> Lala then sort of, almost like he adopts a very neutral pose. And he says, hmm. Friends. Very definitively. And then he bangs his stick on the bit of stone. Turns around with his body and sort of starts. Jump, 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 jump. Oh. Off towards his little hut. See, now he trusts you. You just gotta be scared of the tiger stick and then he'll trust you. <laughs> Hendrix says, as if that makes sense. He's like, don't question me. <laughs> don't question my logic. <laughs> He's just kind of in too deep at this point. <laughs> I know what works. <laughs> I am the Dr. Doola to a lot of suspicious people, alright? <laughs> as, you're, as you're saying that, Hendrix, a parrot comes and lands on your shoulder <laughs> and goes, Aah! And then on your other shoulder lands like a raven. He's just like, what's happening? Are they after my crabs? Are they after my crabs? And the the, the raven goes... Oh, oh. Is it Shimmer? Are you Shimmer? <laughs> to the parrot. Is it Shimmer? You, you turn to the parrot and say, is it Shimmer? And he goes... Aah. That's a yes. Oh, oh that's a yes. Oh. Shimmer, it is good to see you. Kind of, I guess. Um, Shimmer in raven form jumps on your shoulder, Tyler, and Aww. starts to just pick away at bits of sand and dust and dirt that are on you. Aww. They then sort of jump off Tyler's shoulder, and there's like a, a swirl of black feathers. And then Shimmer has just sort of stood there, looking very relaxed, occasionally just sort of turning their head around in that way that, that birds do. Mm-hmm. Norma mm. has since decoupled from your leg, Aww. and has been sort of poking at the jail a bit. And looking at the general surroundings, you sort of get the impression that, that she's trying to find something, anything. Um, she then opens opens a little bag that's sort of a little satchel bag on her side, and pulls out like a telescope. And it's a it's a huge it's it's a comically long telescope. Mm-hmm. She takes it out and uses it to sort of look into the horizon, and then across the beach, and then she sort of just puts it back whoosh, into this bag. He says, uh, "Well, guys, it doesn't look like there's an island for a, for a long time. There's there's something over there." She points sort of far off into the south, and even with your with your regular people eyes, you can't see that far away. Noah then says, "Um, though I have noticed all those huts and that big building. I suppose they seem to be made out of bits of like a a large galleon or something. 
Perhaps we could use those to make a boat to get well, that's their the town. heck out of here? That's their town! We can't make a boat out of their town! I mean, we could, but it's unethical. I mean, also, we're, we're having a small concern in that the people here don't necessarily seem to be all that together. We're a bit worried in general about them. Oi. Everyone roll me a perception check, please. First roll of the game. Really? Yeah. Wow. I've been having amazing rolls. Oh, it's a 19. What Fuck yeah. That is a 22 for me. Dirty 20. You all notice that the hybrid were tiger type in the other cell is not making any noise and you turn and look and they are stood staring out towards the jungle that sort of comes near the jail cell their tail is sort of swishing and their ears are, are on end very attentively and their their general demeanor suggests one of not quite readiness but anticipation okay He's waiting you can sense some what is it glove um as you guys keep looking at this tiger you then sort of see their vision following something i would like to look you you're looking and you can you can look where the where the gaze was i'll carry over your perception check because it was really high oh brilliant but you can't see anything there's no physical evidence of any passage hmm. can i do a survival check and go that way and check for tracks you absolutely can um i will say this tiger's vision has now sort of followed onto the sand they're no longer looking at the at the jungle okay. just to paint that scene you can stealth as well so roll stealth then roll survival okay so stealth 19. Survival is off my wisdom. That is another dirty 20. Um, so you head over to the jungle where you believe this tiger to have been looking. And you do find some some snapped twigs. And you do see a set of footprints. And they seem to be from unclothed feet. So, human feet? Humanoid feet. You wouldn't be able to tell necessarily the, the, the race, the species. How fresh? Is it literally like moments ago? Ooh, oh, so very, very fresh. So fresh that the DC was very low. But these, these footprints lead, uh, have come from deep within the jungle. Um, but they almost stop at the edge of the jungle. And it looks as though whatever was there stopped for a while. Probably hunkered down a little bit, which explains some of the pushed aside grass and then seems to have vanished. Meanwhile, Tala and Hendrix, this tiger is sort of watching and seems to be looking directly in front of the door now. Okay, I'm gonna go and like run my hand in the space where they're looking. Uh, basically, if something is invisible or not visible, I'm gonna see if I can mm -hmm, touch mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. Barrel into it. Yeah. Barbarian this thing. Roll me I'm saying athletics check for expediency. It's basically an unarmed strike, but ro yeah. roll me one of those at disadvantage, please. Oh, that is an 11. You reach out, but you can't seem to find anything. You then hear the sound of laughter coming from the far left side of the jail cell, and it sounds like a child's laughter. Can I roll some kind of arcana check to try and see this sucker? Roll me an intelligence check. Um, it's an 11? can't see anything. Can I roll an intelligence? Because I've heard laughter now, so I've heard a sound. Yeah, you, you roll me an intelligence check, but it'll be for something else. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think I have any intelligence. Or you could roll me an insight check. Lush, I'll do that. That's a 17, please. It sounds like a very good imitation of laughter coming from, coming from the other side of the jail. Guys, I think there's something here, but for some reason we can't see it. Yeah, Skylar, you're at the edge of this jungle. You've found a, a set of footprints that don't lead anywhere. So he's going to um, shout that back to them. Okay, you guys hear that. I'm worried in case they're going to try and free Glob or 
I'll do something even worse. Well then, hold on to the the lock. Put your hand on the lock. I guess so. Hendrix, can you please roll me a wisdom saving throw? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I got an 18 somehow. Yeah. Got an 18. Um, Hendrix, you put your hand on the lock, and that's fine. And you sort of look up to see if anything tries to reach out to get you. You look to the south. Please roll me an intelligence check as well. That's a 16. Hendrix, you see something you didn't think you would ever see as you as you turn and look over your shoulder um, at this place where this laughter, this childish laughter came from. You see your son. Oh, fuck. And he looks exactly how he did before you guys got on that boat that day. Oh, no! Oh my god! And that is where we're going to end the session. Oh, Damn! Moral of the story, never put your memories of your son in a demon book. <laughs> <laughs> what is the meaning behind Skylar's dream? What is Hendrix's son doing on this island in the middle of the ocean? And does Tala have a crush on Tiny? Oh my god. Well, we'll spill all the mana tea next time on Dice and a Slice. My name is Joshua Gould. I am your dungeon master, resident Hufflepuff, and I am full of carbohydrates. I'm joined today by a thick old stick of garlic butter, and let me tell you, I am loving life. Just garlic butter? Is it, is it just butter, or is there bread Just garlic it? butter. Fuck my life! <laughs> a thick stick of garlic butter. I mean, it's not... A, I mean, I'm not, I'm not angry. Uh, I'm just curious. I love it. I love it. Have you got a little bit of bread around the edges? Is it on a stick, like a magnum ice cream, and are you just kind of like... I've just, I've just eaten around the bread, is what I've done actually. <laughs> <laughs> so Attempt number three.